Welcome to Scooby-Doo Legend of the Podcast, where we are trying to create a continuous Scooby-Doo timeline. So, if this is your first time joining us, or if you are listening to previous episodes and you're jumping in here, I'm going to give you a quick little update on what's going down. So, usually I am going to have my girlfriend Mariah with me do this podcast, but as of late, she has gotten kind of sick and isn't able to join me doing these for an unspecified time. I don't know, obviously, don't know when she's going to be feeling okay. So, I've got a bunch of friends to help me. I've got different podcasters helping me to fill in for her in the time being. And so today, I have, if you know who Angie is, well, Angie was in the previous episode. She's also on my videos if you watch my videos on YouTube. But I have Angie's mother with me today. So this is Anissa. We call her Mama O, or I call her Madre. Um, She is basically my second mother. And anyway, yeah, she was so gracious to come and do this with me. And I'm so excited to have her. So yes, welcome, Anissa. Oh, good to be here. Good to be here. Hello, fellow Scooby Doers. How are you? I hope we can shed some light on concerns and <laughs> issues that you might have. We can follow up on it. <laughs> so yes. So again, I've known Angie about since middle school ish. Um, we didn't get closer until honestly we graduated. And then, yeah, they were just so gracious to welcome me into their family. Not that I don't have a family. Like, love my family. No, I love your family, too. (laughs) I got, like, many families, but I love this family. Angie is another sister from another mother. It doesn't really rhyme like the one with brother, but, you know, still works. So, yes, so we're going to jump in. I'm excited to see what you have to say about this episode. So, this episode is technically episode four of A Pup Named Scooby-Doo. If you don't know, we are in A Pup Named Scooby-Doo at the moment. And, again, technically it's episode four, but when we're watching it on the DVD, it actually comes up as episode three. So, they got that order wrong. (laughs) But we know the right order. So, this episode is called The Schnook Who Took My Comic Book. Rhymes and puns and everything in between. (laughs) So, overall, this episode is a comic book-related episode. They're at a comic book convention, and Shaggy wants a first-edition comic book of Commander Cool. And, yeah, obviously a monster comes and takes his comic book, as it says in the title. (laughs) The schnook, yeah, I don't know where schnook came from. <laughs> schnook is an old, like, 1970s oh. word that meant, like, a weirdo, oh. basically. See, this is why we have her. <laughs> old school, baby. <laughs> old school. <laughs> so, okay, before we jump all the way in, um, mini review. What did you think of this episode? I hear this was your first introduction to a pup named Scooby-Doo. Yes, this was. And... I think I really liked it just because I'm a kindergarten teacher. I hang out with kids all day. (laughs) So I kind of understand, like, 
the the verbiage that comes out mm. of little kids mouths and watching this it was like they didn't sound like you know like when we first meet them if you go by how it came out yeah. like when i was a kid they were old people they were like <laughs> yes. 26 27 and to go back to seeing them as little kids they don't they like really sound like the writers yeah. did a really yes. good job making them sound like little kids and talk the way little kids do and so i was kind of impressed with this and i mean like i've said before this is a product of its time everyone was making their cartoon characters into kids but again, I don't feel like it was forced, at least so far that we've seen. I don't feel like this series was like, oh, we have to make them kids because everyone else is doing it. I feel like they very well put them into kid form factor. They've almost de-aged the gang well, you know. And they definitely represent the 80s. Freddy's <laughs> yes. crew cut. Oh, yeah. That was an 88 kind of thing. <laughs> love the outfits. Love the styles going on. Um, this is an episode for me, personally, that when I hear a pup named Scooby-Doo, I think of this one. Not as much as some others. Like I said in episode two, which was... Oh, what was that title? You'd think I know these by now. Um, let me hear and do a fact check. I was going to say, DVD case is close <laughs> by. We can grab it. So episode two was the Sludge Monster from the Earth's Core. Um, that one is my absolute favorite episode of A Pup Named Scooby-Doo. So when I think of a pup, I think of that. Um, I know a lot of people, or I shouldn't say a lot, but some people think of Chickenstein from A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, mainly because in the live-action film Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed, Chickenstein is one of the costumes they present in, like, the museum. Um, we have not seen that episode yet. I honestly don't remember that episode very well, so I'm excited to see what went down with Chickenstein, to see why they, like, showed him in the movie to make him so memorable. That's funny, because I remember that from my childhood, oh. seeing Chickenstein. Yes. <laughs> like, I have flashes in my head of my childhood watching a couple of Scooby-Doo episodes, and when you said Chickenstein, I went, oh my gosh, I think I've seen that one. <laughs> Chickenstein. Yeah, so he's from this series, actually. Um, but again, I don't remember that episode very well. I don't even know what season it's in. But, but so for me, again, this episode, I do enjoy it. Uh, I mean, they're at a comic book convention, so it's just, they're kids. They're having fun at a comic. It's like a comic con, more or less. So, I mean, you know, nothing crazy crazy but it definitely is like a kid's event i mean like a kid would go to it and enjoy it and you know be like oh my gosh there's this character there's this character and i but my one thing i mean it happens on almost every show that you watch where are the parents <laughs> like these kids just can go anywhere <laughs> but that's my one thing is i'm i want I want to know. Well, maybe they're doing it like a small town sort of feel. Yeah, because, like, grown up, where I was from, we mm -hmm. had like 300 people in the town. Oh, okay. Yeah. And 
going, like, we'd leave the house 8 o'clock in the morning, and I literally would not ever see my parents or my grandparents unless <laughs> it was like, we need money for this, or we, oh, you yeah. know, you know, and then we would go hunt them down where <laughs> they were. But there were days and days that, like, I would never see my mom or dad huh. or whatever. So I'm like, back then, it wasn't like it is now. Yeah. Where they literally had to pass a law that parents could walk away from their children yeah. more than a block. So it was, I think, like you said, it's kind of product of its time yeah. that, you know, back then parents weren't, it was a free reign yeah. <laughs> world, <laughs> not just a state. So. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> See, th that's why I'm excited to have you parents on here. Perspective. <laughs> yes. Parents perspective. You were, you know, there back in this time. Like I wasn't even born yet. I'm that's like I feel old right now when kids are saying stuff but then once I like watch this like back you know older Scoobies I'm like I wasn't even born yet like okay now I don't feel quite as old I'm like <laughs> but I mean this this was getting close I had about 10 more years <laughs> when this episode premiered <laughs> Which is really sad because I was graduating high school. Oh, really? <laughs> I was like a junior in high school oh. when this episode came out. I was like, um, okay. <laughs> now I feel old. Gray uh -oh. hairs just showed up. <laughs> oh, okay. So we're going to jump in. So f again, for like a flow of these episodes, we like to talk about the characters, you know, the gang um each of their characters then we have the side characters for each episode we talk about the setting for the episode we talk about the villain the criminal their master plan and then any extra little tidbits that we caught and then we'll go on to the timeline what this podcast is all about and we'll go from there so we're gonna jump into the well i guess setting first because we talked about that so i mean we can get that out of the way this is apparently the biggest event of the year. It is Coolsville's first comic book convention that they've ever hosted. And so it's a big event. So yeah, it takes place in this like stadium type place where they hold the Comic Con, basically, of Coolsville. Ta-da. Don't tell San Diego. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> Do not. I wonder how, how long has Comic Con been going on? Oh, I don't know. That would be a good thing to look let's, up. Yeah, let's look that up. Like, was it a thing before this or by then? Cause I, w I, I would probably say like little comic conventions, but it's it back then. It was like the nerds did it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. It was like one or two in the school. You know that they were into the but. I remember my little brother wanting to buy comic books mm -hmm. and we went to one comic book shop and it was literally like down this dark alleyway, you know, the dank yeah. of society over there going, okay, <laughs> you know, we used to, in cartoons and different things, they used to make fun of them where they would show like guys with the big trench coats and they'd like oh, open yeah. them up and inside their pockets were like, would you like to buy a comic <laughs> yeah. book? Or they would sell them out the back of their cars or things like that. And so I'm oh. thinking that comic, co comical, you know, comic conventions. Yeah. Like nowadays you say Comic-Con and everybody, everybody knows, knows what yeah. you're talking about. But back then 
comic cons were not a thing it was mm-hmm. like a comic book convention they even refer to it in this episode yep. as a comic book convention mm-hmm. not a comic con yeah so the og i mean i'm guessing this is the og okay so from what i found at least san diego comic con it was first held march 21st 1970 so it is 49 years old this year. Next year, it will be 50. So it would have been around by then. But, but I wonder if it was called Comic-Con then. Yeah. Because, I mean, maybe, again, they weren't as strict as they are now, but I'm like, they would have gotten after them for being like, Yeah, I mean, convention. they sued Utah. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm guessing either they didn't call it a comic comic-con yet or it just wasn't because i want to say that comic like san diego comic-con didn't get like real big until, until recently, like yeah honestly. like 10 years ago yeah i want to say but we could be wrong on that yeah. anyway <laughs> someone from comic-con's gonna listen yep. to this and come hand us down people people <laughs> sorry no you're sorry. <laughs> which character do you want to start with um, we can start with Fred since he's like the big boss okay. man. Yeah, that's I have Fred first too. <laughs> so Fred, um, I felt like he didn't do a whole lot this episode. He was just there. What I noticed most about him in this episode is usually he's like the first to like come up with ideas yeah. and different things, but in this one, every time he spoke it was like yeah he did it or yeah mm-hmm. you know it was like somebody else would say something and he would jump yeah on he that wanted one. to be like you're right it. okay yeah yeah but he didn't have any like mm-hmm. light bulbs himself yeah. <laughs> on this one is what i i put down something... that he really wanted to blame others like oh yeah he was like oh, scooby you did it oh shaggy you did it and like didn't have and but then at the beginning he when they first said you know there's a a monster coming out he's like yeah right this was like the time and mm. referred to you know other times that he had spoke about it <laughs> yeah yeah he was like so. well shaggy you you know is this the same thing as like i think he's is like a spaghetti monster in his closet or something like, yeah that's what but this is very much fred's personality in this series is he just he jumps to conclusions doesn't matter He's just like, it's this. Done. Case closed. (laughs) But something I noted for him that we haven't had in previous episodes, he mentions school. We've had no mention of school yet. Because obviously they're kids. So they gotta be in school some way or another. But I've... I wonder if we're ever gonna see them in school. But he mentioned school. He was basically like... It might have been when he was still like, oh, is this, you know, the same thing as the time that you, you said it. something something he because i remember he said school and locker and so you know was there something in shaggy's locker or something but anyway yeah that was just something i caught was he mentioned school for the first time and i was like okay, okay. are we gonna see them in school or do these kids just never go to school <laughs> they just talk about it because <laughs> there's an episode in mr incorporated it's the very first episode, and that's a series we actually see them in school. Okay. And they are going to school, but there's, like, you know, police are, like, barricading an area and whatever, and so they stop, and they're like, oh, let's check this out. And at some point, they might have been like, well, they still a body. 
fun fact. They st- nice. <laughs> they still a deceased body. <laughs> Why not? And they're like running away, and Velma was like, "Oh, like what? You stole a body and whatever." And he's all, "Yeah, like just go." And Velma's just like, "Rockin', let's go." But at one point, um, Fred's like, "I think this is a little more important than school." And so I was like, "Do these kids just like?" Mystery solving priority school second. <laughs> so anyway, um, but then another thing I had for Fred, which we've already kind of talked about, is yeah, he's like suspects Shaggy. He's like, hey, are you really the one doing this? Like, so I don't know. And that's all I have for Fred is yeah. he suspects everyone else besides who it really is. Is that everything you had for yeah. Fred? I just wrote down that he like piggybacked yeah, on everybody's yeah. instead of coming up with ideas himself. So so I guess we'll continue to Daphne. We'll just go down. Okay. Um, something I noted for her and I'm, I'd have to go back and look at my other notes, but she said groovy. And this is it's not necessarily her word. Technically hers is jeepers. But it definitely is more of a word that her and Shaggy use more than anyone else. And anyway, she said groovy, and I was like, oh, like, you know, because, I mean, that term, that word was still, I feel, popular back then. And so, again, I don't know if this was the first time we're hearing her say groovy. I'd have to, again, look at my other notes. But, yeah, she said groovy, and I was like, oh, okay, she's bringing that out. Hmm. What kind of makes you wonder, because... They're kind of, in my mind, they're, like, the way they dress when they first Mm -hmm. came out and stuff, it was very 1970s oriented. And so, but now they're, like, kids, so it would have to be, like, before mm -hmm. that. So it was like, but they're not quite the the 50s and 60s kind of feel of it. So it's like... Are well, they still trying to keep it with that, you know, late 60s, early 70s mm, kind of feel and putting those kind of words into it? I mean, yeah, yeah, to that give makes it that sense. Feel? Fred, I know we already talked about Fred, but Fred, he still kind of has his ascot in <laughs> this series. <laughs> but I learned not too long ago, because it's Scooby's 50th anniversary this year, or it was last year. You guys are listening to this in 2020. <laughs> It is 2019 while we're recording this. Wow. Um, But I learned recently because, you know, his ascot is like signature. Oh, yeah. And everyone for the new Scoob film is kind of going crazy. Where's his ascot? And did you notice that? No. He doesn't have his ascot. But he has an undershirt and like the rim piece, whatever you call this, the The neckline or something, um, is orange to basically replace it. But then the director, so the teaser trailer came out and everybody, you know, where's his ascot? And the director then posted on Instagram, maybe like a day or two later. And he, and the, the director like always, he doesn't write or like type captions for his Instagram posts. He'll write them on like a sticky note and then take a picture and post the picture of what he's saying which i think is interesting old school yeah technology to what you're but what he posted was he said you'd think i'd forget the ascot 
So, Ooh. hmm. So it makes you think that he's doing something on purpose yep. towards the Ascot. But okay. going back to what I was saying, um, again, is Ascot so iconic? And he had it in the beginning in Scooby Doo, Where Are You? in the 1969, you know, era. But what's funny is the there was a time when guys would wear ascots. It was it was a 1969 or maybe a 1968, just somewhere in those years where there was a time when everyone was every guy was wearing ascots. Well, funny enough, it lasted 3 months. That trend lasted 3 months. <laughs> That three months is when they were designing the characters, so they keep Fred the Ascot, but then once it aired, the trend had ended. <laughs> so it's so interesting okay. that yeah. it so was never it. a popular thing, really. Yeah. But, they, yeah, they kept it. And now it's like, Fred has to have that, otherwise he's not Fred. Yeah. Do we know, we know that Daphne's rich, but yes. do we know if, like, Fred's rich? Is he, like... Um, well, so from what we've seen in this series so far, um, we haven't seen Fred's. We haven't even seen his house yet. Okay. Um, but going into a f the future, more or less, and other iterations, we've never had... Well, at Mystery Incorporated, his dad is the mayor, and so does have a bigger house, but they're never portrayed, he's never portrayed as rich. So um, maybe they put the ascot on him to give him the feel, because, yeah, because mm. the ascot usually is related with people with money. Yeah, yeah. And that upper crust well, kind of people. What's funny is there's a bunch of episodes, I mean, there's one whole episode, I keep referring to Mr. Incorporated. Mr. Incorporated is where all this is going to connect. <laughs> But there's a Mystery Incorporated episode um, where another guy has an ascot, and he's basically like, oh, like, can I try your ascot? They swap ascots, and <laughs> Daphne has a come apart. She's like, what? Like, no, yours is orange. You wear orange. Like, you know, do not switch the ascots. This is you, Fred. Don't yeah. give up your identity. <laughs> oh, well, then there's some other episodes, too, where... Like, they're trying to sneak around, and, like, there's these pr prestigious areas. Like, there's a Be Cool Scooby-Doo episode where they're, they enter Scooby in a dog show. And Fred's like, I'll go talk to these, you know, the fancy dog owners. and But, you know, he has to be sophisticated to get in, whatever. So he, you know, makes himself all get up in it. But he keeps the ascot. And, he's, and he uses it. He's like, mm -hmm. you know, he uses it to get into places. But yeah, we've never specifically like been told, oh, Fred is rich or whatever. Uh, we've again, we've seen his parents. We've there's a whole movie with his parents, and they're very bubbly, very like I don't know. It's it's they're the parents very that socialite. Well, like they'd people. embarrass him, and he's just like mom, you know, like <laughs> and you know, but they don't come off as rich at all. Oh. Um, we've seen Shaggy. Well, being mayor, you would have to be, you know, have a little bit of money. Yes. But, mm -hmm. you well, know, have that social personality, like, you can walk into a room and, you know, chat with everybody. So well, you've got to be So here's the thing about the mayor. There. 
Spoiler alert if you haven't finished Mr. Incorporated. The mayor actually isn't really his dad. He stole Fred from his parents. He basically told his real parents. What? Yeah. This, so this guy was trying to get this treasure and was like, I, you know, he was basically trying to get, because Fred's parents were part of another mystery solving group. And so he was basically trying to get them away so that he could find the treasure and they wouldn't. And so he basically, he dressed up in this monster and whatever and basically was like, you got to get out of town. Like, and basically was like, stole the kid, made the parents run away and raised Fred to believe that he was his father and that his mother, you know, just ran away or maybe she died. I can't remember what he ended up telling him, but... Yeah, so the mayor was not his real dad. For the first season, we think it's his dad. But then we do eventually get the story of his real parents. And his parents do come and are like, we're your parents. Like, (laughs) hey. And, but they neither come off as rich either. So, and then those parents are... I believe the ones that end up in the movie eventually. Okay. So, yeah. Hmm. Spoiler alert, over. (laughs) But then Shaggy, we're just going on wealthy. Who's wealthy and who's not in the gang? Shaggy, we, his immediate family isn't very wealthy that we've seen. There's been many episodes, though, where his, what would you call it, like, what is the term? Like, uh, uncles and aunts? What do, what do you call them? Oh, like extended. Extended. There we go. Extended yes. Family. So, like, his extended family is rich. There's uncles that have mansions. There's... It's mainly uncles have money and just have these mansions and whatever. And then there's a whole series, Shaggy and Scooby-Doo Get a Clue, where the whole plot of the show is that this... in One of his uncles, who's an inventor basically had to like go into hiding and was just here's everything just all of mine you know protects what he was trying to hide and so then Shaggy and Scooby more or less became rich throughout that series so yes his immediate family is not rich but Shaggy's extended family is wealthy beyond belief now the question is are they uncle by blood or are they uncle by it's blood because they're always referred to as Rogers and that's his last, his name. last name. So, yes, th- those are blood. Okay. Because I was like, maybe he's a poor family and they just yeah. marry the rich and right. that's where it comes in. But So you would think that if, like, all the brothers were rich. Yeah, right. That, you know. <laughs> well, we, again. That the dad would be. Everything goes back to Mr. Incorporated. Well, we, again, we have met his dad here and he's a police officer. But then in Mr. Incorporated, once they're older, we see that both his parents are very lazy pretty much and like his dad's very overweight and just very like he doesn't care what his son does he's just like meh and then his mom tries to care for him but she's just so grossed out by shagging scooby that she's just like i don't even want to deal with you you just you do you but, I mean, there is eventually, like, the mid-season of Mr. Incorporated where uh, so much is going on. And so they're like, okay, 
like they basically split up the gang and but they send Scooby to a farm and send Shaggy to the military. So <laughs> Okay. Image Shaggy military. Those two just do not you connect in my head. Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. I, my haircut right now, everybody's like like because I, you know, did a video on my channel with my new haircut. Okay, you guys obviously can't see me, but if you've watched any of my videos on YouTube, I usually have longer hair and everybody says I look like Shaggy. I recently got my haircut and I went super, super short. So everybody... Yeah, it's buzz cut. Yeah. <laughs> everybody is like, you're military Shaggy now. <laughs> so I got to show you. But it does look good, people. It does. I, yes, I <laughs> promise you I didn't go ugly. Like... <laughs> I made sure I had a style. Exactly. Well, you are best friends with my daughter. Little yeah, fat right? Nista. She would not let you do anything else. Oh, no. <laughs> she told me I could not go this short. And when I did, I was terrified to show her. <laughs> because her and uh, Kelson, which is her fiancé at the time. No, which is, not a boyfriend at the time. Yeah. Fiancé now. <laughs> now. There we go. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> they were, like, ganging up on me and being like, do not go this short ever again. But, like, I was able to find a style that they were okay with. Okay, there's Shaggy Military. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. You have a little bit more going on in the yeah. front. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, back, you are definitely Military <laughs> Shaggy. And then Velma, since, again, we're still going on this wealthy trend. Wealthy thing, who's, um, who's not. Velma, more or less, is just, like, the middle class She's not, she doesn't have a rich family, but, like, she's not poor by any means, like. But she's also got the personality that I imagine she saves yes, everything. She's, she's very budget conscious and very. And she's very, uh, not in this series, but in almost every other series, she is sassy. And, I mean, she is an only, no, she's not an only child. We learned at the beginning of this decade, decade, yeah, decade, okay. that she has a sister. Really? Yes. Anyway, yeah, so she's, she's middle class, so. Well, she does pull a computer out of a suitcase. Yeah. And she back then, like, I grabbed, okay, <laughs> this is going to show my age, just so you know. My senior Christmas present, mm -hmm. and that, so I, I graduated in 1990. Uh-huh. Top of the line, my Christmas present that year was a typewriter that had a little button on the side that had an, uh, like a back arrow with an oh, X on it, uh -huh. and it was an electric typewriter. So I oh. could like make a mistake and go clink, 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 uh -huh. and it would go backwards and actually like the white tape that does oh, now, yeah. it could erase. So I wouldn't have to start uh -huh. things over my sophomore year oh my gosh how many papers i rewrote because i'd get to like the last oh, sentence and make a mistake and i'd mm -hmm. have to rewrite that whole page there were many a tear so when the electric typewriter came out that i could hit a back button and yeah i mean it would go probably like four or five words back but oh mm. my gosh it was a bit i mean it was heaven sent yeah. for this so i'm thinking okay this was back in 88 and the girl's pulling a computer it's huge and it's like a big computer, yes. not like a little smartphone yeah. or whatever. It's like t like twice the size she is type thing. But 
that te- that kind of technology for that year mm-hmm. is like wait a minute either Daphne's given her the money <laughs> yeah. to do this or the girl is saving pretty pennies yeah she's got like <laughs> side business going on yeah okay so side note <laughs> back to Daphne back to Daphne um I also put for her she again because Fred is very like oh yeah you did it oh but you did it and Daphne I felt like was very keeping Fred in line like no Fred they didn't do it like are you not keeping up yeah we don't blame friends like I wrote the word ridiculous like everything that someone said she just cut it down like that is ridiculous don't even think that but what's funny <laughs> is because um at least like in the first two episodes that we've done um mariah she was like he he like assumed someone or something i mean the whole thing came up of like oh what if velma did it or something but the funny thing is there's a whole movie where velma is the one <laughs> And so it's, whenever he's suspecting one of the gang, it's funny because I'm like, trust me, Fred, it'll happen. (laughs) They will betray you. (laughs) But then I also just put for Daphne, uh, I didn't have much for her, but the last thing I put was that she interrogates Cashmore, which is a character that we meet. This was at the very end um, because it's very led on that Cashmore is the criminal of the villain, you know, where it's he's basically the red herring of this episode. Yeah. Besides, you the just suspect him right off the bat. Yeah, it's like what he says. You're like, dude, he's the crook. He's yeah, the crook. We know it. But so, towards the end, she's she kind of like jumps up on him and is like, you know, you did it. Why'd you steal all the comics? Blah 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 blah. And so, she, like, she had a moment of, oh, I know who it is. I'm I'm gonna take this one. Mm-hmm. But then was shot down. <laughs> so that's all I have for Daphne. We also have to take side note that she she made like a little side comment type thing. Like she was doing the mystery thing. And then all of a sudden she was like, and the people here at this comic, oh. that color does not match with that. So we had to throw in that she's a fashionista. Oh, yes. That- she, she is one of those that would not want to go to a, a Comic-Con convention yeah. type you thing. You know she was there just to just, support her yep. friends because... Which is oh funny God. that you point that out because, again, we're trying to make a timeline, but there's well, there's a whole movie about where they go to a Comic-Con... I, I keep saying Comic-Con convention. Yeah. That is what it is. <laughs> they go to a Comic-Con. Um, there's a whole movie that revolves around going to a Comic-Con. And, like, the whole movie, Daphne is... Well, it's funny, though, because, like, Daphne doesn't really want to go, but then once she's there, she finds something that she's interested in. And is like, we can't leave. I gotta get them all and whatever. And But then there's also another movie, um, Music of the Vampire. So that... That previous movie, it was called Mask of the Blue Falcon. Then there's another movie called Music of the Vampire, which is actually a musical movie. It is the first Scooby musical. But the second song in it, they're basically singing. It's it's one of the most popular Scooby songs ever since it came out. Like, I mean, if you've seen the movie, like, you know that song. 
but it's called Done With Monsters, and they're basically singing, like, we're going on vacation, we're not, you know, gonna solve any mysteries. Basically what they do every time, like, we're done with mysteries, and then they end up somewhere, oh, here's a mystery, we just can't not solve it. But so they have this whole song about, you know, we're done with monsters, we're done with that, and one of her lines is um, something like, I don't want no Comic-Con geeks coming up out of the blue. So she is so, like, want nothing to do with the Comic-Con stuff. So it's funny that you say that, because, yeah, in this episode, very early, she's like, I want to be here, but, like, I'm not going to complain. You know, I'm just going to be here to be supportive. Yeah, because she instantly sees a fashion magazine and yeah, runs right exactly. towards it. It's like, I won't be here, but, oh, my gosh, look over here. <laughs> so, yeah, again, yeah, that's super interesting. So I have Velma next. Are you good to go yeah. to Velma? Okay. Go. I actually have quite a bit for Velma. Oh, good, because I have, like, two things. <laughs> okay. So, she says jinkies in this episode. We're, we're basically, like, anytime any of the gang members say one of their words, we're like, okay, they said it this episode. Because there's actually a time in Scooby-Doo, where are you? Before they were really established that these are their words, there's a time when Velma and Shaggy flip-flop who says what like one point shaggy says jinkies at one point and then velma i think said like she didn't say zoinks but she said zoink or something and so it was like they were trying to figure out whose should be whose and so now we're like okay they have it early on here at least in the timeline form you know they've got their their words uh, figured out here but yeah so she says jinkies um in this episode and it wasn't then, but at another point, or was it? Because at some point, she, like, finds a cl- No, it was then. So she said jinkies, and she's looking at a comic book or whatever with a magnifying glass. And then this big old clue, like the word <laughs> clue, <laughs> just comes up on screen. And we're it was like, like <laughs> audience, take note of what yeah. just happened. Like, they, I feel like they kind of broke the fourth wall right they there. They in this series and all the they time. Went, People, knock, knock, welcome to it. (laughs) Well, and she even broke the fourth wall at the, towards the end of the episode because she's, was like, before we unmask the monster, who do you think it is, basically? Yeah, she asks the audience. And I've said this before, so in the first episode of A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, at one point they fell down, they're at the, this haunted house, like the Ferguson estate, there we go. And they, like, walk through the front door, and basically Fred's like, I won't let you down, gang. It's supposed to be a gag. And then as soon as he says that, they fall in this trap door. (laughs) So they fall down, but then Scooby came back up and was talking directly to the audience. And he was just basically like, we fell down! Like, you know, so he was like, guess what? We fell! And um, it's funny because this is going to come into play later in a movie, Um, Breaking the Fourth Wall, because there's a movie, it's an older movie, it actually came out around the time that this series was going on, but it's called Scooby-Doo Goes Hollywood, and it's basically making out to be, like, the gang are making a TV show based on their mysteries. And so it's interesting, it's, once we get to there, it's gonna be interesting, like, so what we're watching now, was that recorded? episodes that they were making 
or were these the actual mysteries and you know what they film were inspired by what they had gone through so far so it's interesting are we watching yeah. the ones that they were filming and that's why he's breaking the fourth wall because that was the thing they did yeah so anyway could be. yeah so i also put for velma that she's she was so like i'm gonna solve this mystery like everyone else was just kind of going about you know trying to find this comic book and save the comic book and she just kept ah jinkies oh look at that like just solving the mystery on her own yeah go velma like they showed him running back and forth and she's just calmly walking around with her magnifying glass and clue yeah I found something i know this is a mystery we're gonna like from the get-go she mm -hmm. was like this is a mystery and i feel like in this one that she might have like not being so shy like they still showed yeah. her whispering but she was talking more yeah in this one her personality's like coming out a little bit more it didn't take as long for her to talk this time the very first episode um we went probably half maybe more of the episode and then she finally said jinkies and everyone you know like velma spoke like she said something and both mariah and i were like yeah, she hasn't said anything. Like, what the heck? And so, yeah, it's interesting because she's played out to be shy in this series. But, yeah, I didn't feel in this episode that she was quite as shy. It didn't take as long for her to start talking. Um, but, again, that's, yeah, she was just very, like, we're going to solve this mystery. Or I am. You guys do whatever you do. Yeah. You do you. I'm doing this. <laughs> and I also put, she makes a plan with Scooby, actually. And actually, her and Scooby do the trap, not Fred. We have not seen Fred do a trap yet. And that is, like, his thing. That is. So, okay. we're, I'm like, Fred, when are you going to take over the traps? Yeah. So, yeah, I put that again, that she made the trap. It was a bubble gum bomb. Um, yeah. And she made it back up. There's two of them. Yeah, there were two of them. <laughs> But she also, at one point, was like, I'm going to go get some snacks or something. And comes back with, I'm assuming it's like, either orange juice or like orange soda. And she comes back and they're like, oh, thanks, Velma. And then she just pours it on the floor. And they're like, what? Hey. But then the monster goes running by. And it was so that he could make tracks from the orange drink that she just spilled. Which, you know, go Velma. Smart thinking. Um, so yeah, I'm just like, Velma was very on top of this episode. Do you have anything else for Velma? No. Okay. That's about it. <laughs> so then, um, Shaggy. This was very much more of a Shaggy and Scooby oriented episode. Very much. <laughs> so for Shaggy, um, he's buying a first edition, uh, what was it called? Commander. Commander Cool, a first edition Commander Cool comic book that he has saved up. He knows this lady. I got her name was Selma. 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 Yes. So she or she. He knows this lady Selma who has a stand, a comic book stand, at this uh, convention. Now I couldn't figure out does because when they showed it, every time they showed. Selma uh -huh. doing her thing the window behind her there was like a it read Cashmore on it 
So mm. I didn't know if she was doing her own oh. thing or if she was an associate working yeah, for Cashmore. And so, like, I didn't see her name uh -huh. anywhere up there, yeah. but you saw Cashmore's name. Okay. So. That, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> huh. But then she does refer to, yeah, I, you know, um, she referred to her in my other store kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, true. She talked she did, about like, a little it. And flashback. so I'm like, are they, did she like work and then mm -hmm. decided to combine with him or did, yeah. you know, the, the old school, I, you know, lost that business. Now I'm working for mm -hmm. you yeah. kind of thing. We don't know her backstory other than the little bit that they show us in this one. But so Shaggy knows her and she's saving this book for him. He saved He's his money. Best customer. Yes. Best customer ever. And anyway, yeah, so she she gives him the comic book and he he brings this giant piggy bank. It's huge. It takes like three of them to carry it. Oh my gosh. I don't even know why. It was the first part, like the very first time we see them. They're walking into the comic convention carrying this gigantic piggy bank. Why? Because then they get to Selma and they pull out. She, he's like, do you still have it? Is, this, is it still the same price? She's like, yeah, $25. Yeah. And he pulls out like, a handful. I mean, I don't even think he uses two hands to get. It's no. like a plate plate of coins. Yeah, pretty much. He's got it in one hand. It's like, why do you need the gigantic piggy bank? <laughs> Other than I'm thinking, like, theoretically, they wanted us to get the fill. Like, it was a, a lot, lot of yeah. money back then. So, I don't know. Yeah, I thought. And then, little side note, they get the comic book and they run off leaving the piggy bank right there but then we never see it again but they left it there take it with you <laughs> if i was selma i'd be like uh yeah excuse me get this out of my store <laughs> i i would have been like if you don't take it i will sell it yeah. like make some money off of this it is a one-of-a-kind one bank. bank from some comic maybe <laughs> he well so he gets this comic book and then eventually he's getting it signed by the writer, but he like pulls it out of this safe, but then it's in a safe in a safe. Anyway, he's very protective of this book, which I mean, I get it. It's a first edition, like it's a, worth a lot of money. And even Cashmore, who we'll get into in a minute, basically was like, oh, you sold that book. He's selling this to Selma. He's basically like, you sold that book for pennies. Like, you. Yeah, pennies on the dollar. Yeah. You could have made bank off of that. And so, yeah, um, he's very protective of it. Yeah, we do see a couple times where it looks like he's carrying it around in a brown paper, an unmarked yeah. brown paper yep. bag, so that nobody will know that he has it. <laughs> so, very protective of it. And then we also see and learn that. He and Scooby have a Commander Cool and a Metal Mutt costume that they dress up in <laughs> from the comic books. And uh, he basically they change to, you know, be a, the comic book characters so that they can attack the monster. And <laughs> what do they do? I feel like in this episode, like most episodes, you see Scooby and... 
um, Shaggy, they're always running away from yeah. it or whatever. In this one, they had Commander Cool behind yeah. them, and they were like, and it was funny because the the scene I go to the most is when it was like almost like we took the perspective of um the monster looking at shaggy and scooby mm -hmm. and when they came to the camera it's like their heads got bigger yes like we are not afraid of you we yep. are in your face <laughs> and i was like oh that is new for those two <laughs> well it's funny because it's it's actually like a a trope or something that's almost done in every iteration of Scooby in every episode, just tweaked in some way. But they'll run away, and then most of the time, like, the monster will enter a room dramatically and be like, where are they, and whatever. And then Scooby and Shaggy will pop up, and they're in this costume, they're in this getup. And basically, they, they trick the monster into believing they're someone different. Like, um, one of the most recent movies... Uh, that's come out. Here's just a quick example. Um, it's called Curse of the 13th Ghost and the monster's Asmodeus. It's the final demon that they've had to trap in this chest of demons. It's This movie is basically a finale to this series that never got finished. Okay. It got cancelled before they were able to wrap it up. And so they finally, years later, made this film to finish it off and give people closure to this series. But anyway, so this monster, Asmodeus, um, like, you know, enters this room, and they're in this temple. And, you know, he's, like, looking, looking. And Asmodeus, he's, like, he's almost a dragon, but he stands like a human. Because okay. he's got wings. He's, like, a reddish-purple. He's got huge horns, and he's got the fangs, and... But he's clothed. He's got... I think he has a cape. Does he have a cape? I think he has a cape. But anyway, he can, like, breathe fire. And he can transform into this flaming bulldozer. And he's he's supposed to be... Well, so these 13 ghosts, he's... Are, like, the most terrifying ghosts upon the face of the earth. And so he's supposed to be the 13th, the most dangerous one. But, so anyway, he enters into this room, and he's looking around, and he's like, where are they? And then Scooby and Shaggy pop up in, like, these robes, and, you know, they're basically like, ah, are you here for the class? Please sit. And so they, like, put his feet crisscross and whatever, and they sit next to him, and they're both Shaggy and Scooby, like, oh, you know, trying to make him think, oh, just relax and whatever. <laughs> and while they're doing that, they're trying to steal the chest back from Asmodeus, and then once they get it back, you know, they're kind of like, okay, now just breathe. And they're like slowly walking away and whatever. Like yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and anyway, so that's just like an example. I mean, there's numerous others. They've dressed up as girls. They've dressed up as chefs. They've almost anything you can think of. But the room that they're in, they like also hurry and like almost transform it into what they're trying to trick them, the monster into. <laughs> Or it is being and you know so like again if they're like being a chef then all of a sudden oh please sit down you know here's a menu and whatever yeah mm -hmm. but for this episode i mean they kind of more or less did that but it wasn't they weren't really trying to trick the monster into believing that they were commander cool and metal mutt it was just 
we have these costumes and they make us brave like yeah so again they did do it but it wasn't necessarily the same way that they normally do it in a trickster sort of way yes we're at a comic convention we are empowered by our hero (laughs) so when they do go into those costumes shaggy pulls out a feather and tickles the monster (laughs) and we learn that the monster is very ticklish very very ticklish (laughs) shaggy actually suspects red herring at one point of stealing the comic book and being the monster um usually that's fred fred does still suspect red herring but shaggy joined in on that this time too and that's all i have for shaggy that's about i did note that when selma was referring to her past Mm -hmm. and giving us a backstory she did say that she's known um shaggy and scooby forever and it did like this little back clip Mm -hmm. and it showed shaggy walking in her store in a diaper diaper. holding a wagon with scooby in it but it was just like a you know three four second Mm -hmm. thing but it was like wait a minute how is that going to fall into the new yeah one coming out where they met so they just met but yet they're in diapers there. Yeah. How's uh-huh. that going to fall into the timeline? So that's, oh, I guess I should at the end go, I want to see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're fine. But if you haven't seen the teaser trailer for Scoob, again, we're recording this in 2019. So by the time this is up, there could be a, like the next trailer up and we yeah. learn more. But from what we saw in the teaser trailer, Scooby and Shaggy meet on a beach and, but they're not, like Shaggy's not a baby, you know. They're they're kids, but not. But they're they seem like young children, little older than yeah. toddler age. Mm-hmm. Like he's able to walk and uh-huh. you know talk and all those different things. So I'm thinking probably around five six yeah. years old, whereas they just barely showed him walking and talking, mm-hmm. but yet he was in a diaper. Yeah. So two. <laughs> so yeah, that'll be interesting. I don't. I don't know how to fit that in at the moment. That I'd have to think about a little more. It's like put a pin in it till after we see the yeah, new until movie. Yeah, we see that movie. And then come back to that. Because I'm trying to think, because again, they do they do meet multiple times. Um, and again, that'll be, that'll be explained in Mr. Incorporated why we get them meeting like five times. <laughs> um, but every other time... They weren't, they were never, like, babies. So, this, like, Scoob, the film, at least that, the portion when they're kids, would have to take place during this time, when they're kids, in a pup named Scooby-Doo. Um, so we'll, we'll have to, yeah, we'll have to look into that. Yeah, I don't know. Something to, my (laughs) one thing is that, um, it was her like well i mean it was like her flashback basically which i mean yes she's older than these kids so she'd remember better but my my only thing that i could think of right now is that she was just like oh i've known them forever you know since they were super super tiny but maybe they weren't really really could be could be that because like even me personally (laughs) you guys 
my children are like 22, 23 or 21, 22 Uh years old. And I'm like, oh, my babies. Yeah. And when I like when I talk about my own daughter and I'm like, oh, my baby just did this and this. And when when people imagine that they imagine like a baby and I'm talking about a 21 year old yeah and so it could have been just Uh that sort of time you know time thing like oh Selma's thinking of him as As, a infant yes that oh I've known her known him since he was Mm -hmm. so tiny and that's the way they drew tiny yeah right in her mind so it could be just that way Mm -hmm. okay so Scooby I don't have a lot for Scooby actually no, he just kind of was just joining Shaggy. Like, yeah, what, you what? know, <laughs> I'm this. here. I'm here for you. I'm your bud. So, like I said, Scooby dresses up as Metal Mutt, which I'm guessing is Commander Cool's sidekick. Well, there's one point where they're trying to change into the costumes, and they accidentally come out with ballerina costumes. Oh yeah, and from the pop-up phone booth. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> You know, so they were like, oh, whoops, uh, try that again. Rewind. And then I just have for Scooby also that he he's the one that activates the trap at the end. Oh, yeah, with Velma uh-huh. doing his thing. Did you have anything else for Scooby? Because that's all I got. No, but going back to Scooby and Shaggy, you know, mm-hmm. we think of them as one. As one, yeah. Um, I did write Rogers. Is this the first time we're hearing his last name or no. in the first one two three episodes that um, i haven't seen by the way i yeah <laughs> i know i gotta show you <laughs> we might have to do that after this um it might have been i can't remember if it was the first episode let me hurry and look in my notes shall i and then my next question after that was it kind of made me think have we heard anyone else's last name or do we just know shaggy's because after all these years of watching, uh-huh. you know, the Scooby-Doo series and here and there, and I mean, I'm not an avid watcher, <laughs> but I mean, my child's been watching it. I've been in the background yeah. for years because Angie is an avid watcher, and but I don't ever remember hearing anybody else's last name. So... It might have been in the first episode that it was mentioned that his last name. I don't have anything in my notes for it, but I know in the second episode that it was because we met his dad. Okay. And he was... Like Mr. Yeah. Rogers. Or, oh, well, well, that's funny. Right. <laughs> I just saw the movie Mr. Yeah. Rogers, so I'm like, oh, wait, his dad would be. Okay. Um, <laughs> But I remember that he... Well, because they're out at night trying to catch this villain in that episode in episode two. And basically, he he was like, Shaggy Rogers. You know, like, being mad. Like, uh-huh. Shaggy Rogers. And I'm trying to see, too. Hey, your daughter just snapped me. Oh, <laughs> hi, babe. Um, because do you know that Shaggy's, that's not his real name? Oh, I did not know you that. You didn't know that? So that's a nickname. His real name is Norville. Norville Rogers. I love it. Oh, I absolutely love it. And I'm just so a Norville. No, it. I think it was in episode two. I think his dad was Norville Rogers. Like, right? You know, being mad. His entire name. Yeah, 
And because Mariah had said something of, like, you know, is that, basically, is that a big deal that we're hearing his his real name? Yeah. And, like, basically, will it come up again ever? And there's two movies, um, Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders. Um, that one, he, he and it, it all has to deal with, like, him falling for a girl. And he's introducing himself, and he's all like, oh, my name's Norville. And they're all like, Norville? And then he's like, well, everybody calls me Shaggy. And then in the first live-action Scooby-Doo, titled Scooby-Doo, um, he meets a girl on the plane and... It's all about the girls. And, well, and it's <laughs> it's sad for me personally because I, I don't like this stereotype that everyone has given Shaggy, that he's a, a druggie, basically. And, but it's, it's a drug joke because... He sits by this girl, and he's all, you know, like, oh, hi. And she's she's like, my name is Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. And so then it was like, <laughs> what's your name? Oh, my name's Norville, whatever, but people call me Shaggy. But when she's all, you know, my name is Mary Jane, he goes, that is my most favorite name and whatever. And so it's used as a drug joke later on. But um, so I'm looking. Okay. We learned in episode two as well that Fred's full name is Freddy, not just Fred. Okay. They just shorten it. So he is... F- Do you know all their last names? I don't. Oh, okay. Well, let me... If you, Enlighten any of you us, please. Yes. Enlighten us. Um, Maybe there's someone out there in the world that doesn't know besides I'm, me. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. So we have Shaggy Rogers, Norville Shaggy Rogers... Um, Scooby-Doo is, uh, well, it kind of goes back and forth. So you can either refer his full name as Scoobert-Doo, or like we saw in the teaser trailer for Scoob, Scooby-Dooby-Doo. So it's kind of whatever you want. Um, kind of, they u- more use Scoober as like a prestigious name. If they're like, Scoobert, can you please come step this way? In Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed, the second live-action film, um, when the newscaster is talking about what happened at this museum and whatever, she refers to Scooby as Scoobert. And so, yeah, so it's kind of whatever you want to refer to him. I mean, obviously, you're just going to call him Scooby-Doo or Scooby. But, yeah, it's either Scoobert-Doo or Scooby-Dooby-Doo. So then we have Freddy or Fred. But his is Fred Jones. Okay. And they, a lot of, like, when they're in school and stuff, a lot of them will call, like, referring to as the Jones kid and whatever. Um, and then we have Daphne Blake. And, again, she's rich. And so she's, or at least her family is always referred to as the Blake clan. And then we have Velma Dinkley. I love it. So, yeah, so those are their full names. They totally fit them. Oh, yes. They, yes. They did good on those names. Okay. So that's all I had for Scooby. So then we had Red Herring in this episode again. You're being introduced to Red Herring because this was your first episode. So again, Red Herring is basically 
a pun. <laughs> Stereotypical bully. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Childhood bully. In the first episode when we first met him, he... Well, they were... Th- Fred thought that uh, Red Herring stole Shaggy's bike. So they were like, let's go get Red Herring and get his bike back. And Red Herring was like, I didn't steal it and whatever. Um, so Red Herring gets mad and he runs over Fred with his bike. <laughs> so he's very much the neighborhood bully. But like he's, at least from what we've seen, he's never done it. You know, like anything that they've suspected or assumed, he's he hasn't done it. And what I think is funny is... I don't know if you do it mm-hmm. in your lifetime, but in, in my lifetime, anyone that I didn't like, whenever I'd be like, I'd come home to tell mom the stories or, t- you know, when I talk about them or whatever, I always, if I don't like them, I use their full name. Oh. And so it was like when, instead of just calling him, you know, like Red, mm-hmm. it was like they, they yeah. call him first, Red last name, Red Herring. Herring. That's and right. Like, we'd, and so... To me, it was like the first time I heard, oh, Red Herring did it. And I was like, ooh, he used his full name. He doesn't <laughs> like him. Yes. So. That's interesting. I don't most of the time that I've noticed, I should say. But yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah, I've had like three or four people in my life. And I still, you know, childhood yeah. people that traumatize you. And I still use first Holy. and last name. It's mm-hmm. like this person, it you they are checkmarked. <laughs> so, might might just be my generational thing. I don't know. Oh. Well, good. I get to talk about the next sub-character, which was my absolute favorite name, oh. Wendell McWendell. Yes! <laughs> so original. Thank you. And he talks in the highest, squeakiest voice ever. So, I, I was terrible. going to note... We haven't met this character before. Well, this, we haven't met Wendell McWendell, but there's a character in um, the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo series. He has the same voice, and I was going to see if it was the same voice actor. Give me two seconds. And the character, I gotta see what his name is in the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, but he's only in one episode, but he's very, like, um, every... Almost everything he says, he, he always ends with, I must say. And so instantly when I heard that voice, I'm like, say it. Like, you gotta say, I must say. Oh, who is it? Martin Short, years ago, had a character that he did a cartoon mm-hmm. of, and his name was Ed Grimley. And that was his signature line, that oh. he, w- he would put like... Um, his right hand on his left hip oh, and then uh-huh. he would always say you know da 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 i must say oh so, <laughs> childhood hero of mine martin short if you're out there love ed grimley bring him back <laughs> so adorable but i think it would like started out as like a saturday night live character i want to say mm. and then they it was so popular that it turned into a cartoon oh. and so maybe it was like homage to yeah the the ed grimley character that would be funny if it was i need voice cast (laughs) like i got the characters love technology when it works 
if if y'all could see what's going on here, sitting here doing the podcast with two computers, an iPhone, an yeah. iPad. It's like technology. Love it. There's oh. everything going it's on. It's gotta here. be everywhere. Cause you gotta be able to refer to the Ooh, let me check that fact. Yes. You gotta have multiple places to check it out. <laughs> okay, who did you say? That person was that you were talking about? Oh, Ed Grimley. Oh, okay, it's not him. No, um, it's Charlie Adler. Oh. And he does not look like his voice. <laughs> oh no! Like, oh my heck? gosh! This guy looks like he's buff. a biker. Yeah, like literally, like he just got off a Harley, and you hear the voice of Wendell McWendell. <laughs> And it is like a high pitch, squeaky, airy. Oh no. no, that voice did not come out of that man. Right? Oh, that is hilarious. Like that guy, I would expect to talk in like Avi level pentatonics, yep. mm -hmm. deep down, and be like, oh my gosh. So, Wendell McWendell, he is the Commander Cool comic book writer. And Shaggy and Scooby want him to sign their first edition comic book. There's only three of the first edition comic books. Um, the one that he owns, the one that Wendell McWendell owns, the one that Shaggy and Scooby bought, and then there's one more. Doesn't Selma still own that one? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so anyway, so he's very protective of his copy of it, and he's like, I don't... Well, and people are like, I'll buy it, like you know, I'll pay this much for it. And they start bidding. And at first he's like, no, please, I won't sell it. And then it starts getting higher. And he's like, oh, okay, well, hold on. Let me like go get it. I'll sell it. Which, yeah, I mean, here's, here's the criminal. He is the criminal. He is the criminal. And I took note of him because he was talking um, to Scooby and Shaggy about getting it signed and he was talking in his high squeaky voice and then at the end of the conversation as they're walking away he he yells louder to the crowd well now you and I have you know the only two copies oh, yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. and so he like makes it known that this comic <laughs> in the hidden brown paper bag that Shaggy's yep. walking away that he has a original copy yep. of it but he shouts right. it louder and i went i bet he's driving up the price of his mm -hmm. thing and so i well that one just like noted to me something i didn't catch but then velma pointed out when they revealed who the villain was and going through the clues is when they walked up uh wendell was like oh so you're the one that got you know the first edition comic book of my comic book and whatever yeah and velma points out like how, How did, did he, he know? know? Yeah. Which, yeah, I was totally like, oh, yeah, like, what the crap? So, um, yeah, so basically his criminal plan was he wanted to basically get his first edition to be the only copy out there so that he could bid it for so much money that... It basically gave him a fortune. And so he's trying to take Shaggy's comic book to destroy it more or less and again make his the only available copy so that he could sell it, it yeah so. Mm -hmm. so we won't jump into that quite yet but we have 
two two other side characters. We've talked about Selma. Again, she is the she has she either has her own stand or she's with Cashmore, which Cashmore is another comic book seller at this convention. But when we meet him, he's very like like raises up the prices of the comic books. Doesn't care like really. He's ripping off an eight-year-old yeah. when we first meet him. Yep. Like, where's my $2 change? Uh, no, it's inflation. I just talked to you yeah, for two minutes. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm going to charge you. <laughs> but then we later learn that Cashmore secretly loves comic books, but he's afraid that it, it's the comic books are for kids and that makes him a kid and whatever. Yeah, that people make fun of yeah. him. So we, we eventually do soften for Cashmore at the end. But he's very, again, he's very more played as the culprit. You know, it's it, he's the red herring of this episode. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really all I have for those two characters. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, the villain, the monster, his name is Dr. Croker. And he is basically a giant purple frog with a, I mean, obviously, super long tongue. But he's dressed in a doctor's uniform. Again, Dr. Croker. And he's trying to take Shaggy's comic book. Uh, so I guess, what did you think of this villain? Like, It took me a minute to get into this villain. Uh -huh. Because when he first shows up, they're talking about how they're, they're setting the setting. We're at a yeah. comic book convention and Vel uh, Daphne, excuse me, is talking about the guy standing next to her in a costume and how her his costume doesn't match and then all of a sudden we see dr croker and yes. i'm thinking well he's just another dressed up guy at yeah, the comic exactly. convention why what makes him mm -hmm. scarier than all the other guys <laughs> yeah they're just like you don't match and you're ugly and ah it's a villain yeah no what yeah. <laughs> Nothing really stood out to me as mm -hmm. that's the villain. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, he, when um, Shaggy and Scooby run over to the others going, oh, Dr. Croker's going to get us and da 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 yeah. da. And then they build it up that mm -hmm. he's the actual villain. So I'm like, okay, this one took me a minute to get into. That's, this is, this isn't a memorable villain to me personally. I remember the episode more than like the villain because a lot of people that aren't don't watch scooby constantly like i do mm -hmm. refer to the episodes more of like based off the villain yeah and this at least from what i have felt and seen and heard nobody like refers to dr croker so unfortunately he's kind of a forgettable villain like I didn't even know his name was Dr. Croker yeah. until after, like, the, like, I had to erase what I had written oh. on my notes because I was like, Dr. Coulter? Yeah, yeah. What is, what is that? And so, I'm like... <laughs> but, it, so that other movie, um, Mask of the Blue Falcon, that takes place at a Comic-Con, um, that villain is way more memorable to me. He's, he's Mr. Hyde. And, but it's not your traditional, like, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type thing. Um, I mean, it more or less is a Mr. Hyde, but he has this backstory that he's from this TV show. I mean, he's from a TV show. He was the villain of this famous 
show and basically they're they're bringing back this old show in in this movie they're bringing back this old show um into a movie but the movie is basically took all the source material and threw it out and was just like we're making our own thing i mean it's honestly more or less what they're doing right now in hollywood just rehashing everything yeah and um but that villain stood out more because i mean we get a cold open for that movie where he he basically like knocks out the security guards and is like you know i'm taking over this comic-con mm-hmm. and whatever and then when co- the comic-con is actually going on i mean as traditional scooby the lights go out and whatever but he, one of the first things well he shows up on this giant screen which they were going to show the movie on and he shows up on the screen but um he like immediately makes himself known like i mean business i am scary i you know fear me he basically makes the giant screen fall and is just going to smush everyone. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, yeah, like, okay. Oh, there, there's some villain activity. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, eventually he, he does a bunch of other stuff. Like he has a hideous hide hound that basically is going attacking people. And he has this ooze that suppo- supposedly turns you into a hide. And he fills up the Comic-Con room with the ooze and whatever and i and by the end he's this giant mr hyde and it's just he's like you know if i can't stop the comic-con convention then i'll just stop this whole city and whatever so i'm like i mean i know this is an episode compared to that's a movie Mm -hmm. and it's time difference you know that was probably 2014 2015 you know and this is 1988 but I definitely feel like that villain was way more memorable in a comic convention setting more than Dr. Croker was because, again, everyone's dressed up, so he could just be someone else, you know, dressed up. Which, I mean, more or less he was. And really, the only outstanding thing about Dr. Croker was that it, they had all these safes and all these lock boxes, yeah. but he was able to knock the locks off with, with his, his tongue. tongue. Yeah. And I was like, other than that, he didn't really use his hands at no. all. He didn't. Mm-mm. There wasn't anything great about him except his tongue. Yep. <laughs> uh, he does eat the comic book at one point, but again. They tickle him. Yeah, we find out he's very ticklish. <laughs> so, yeah, and then again, we find out that it was w- Wendell McWindle. On stilts. On, yes. An important clue. Uh huh. That clue word popped up. <laughs> So, um, I guess to put this little note, I also have, during, do you know what a romp is? Have you heard that word? No. Okay. So, <laughs> I I didn't know this either until two, three years ago when an episode of Scooby-Doo was, or, no, it wasn't an episode, but within the episode, there was a song that played, and it was called Romp 101, because the... Uh, episode title was Mystery 101. So a romp is the actual technical word for the chase sequence when they're running around there's music. So yeah, that is, so the romp of this episode, during the romp The dance break? Yes, basically. um, They run into like this movie that's playing 
and they interrupt the movie, and the movie actually breaks their fourth wall and is like, um, excuse me, can you do this somewhere else or in a movie? And it's it's Godzilla versus King Kong is what's going on in, on the screen, on the movie. And Godzilla was like, excuse me, like, please leave. So uh, that was just a random <laughs> blocking note. Blocking my view. Well, and why they put, like, they were running back and forth, and then all of a sudden it, like, breaks into this dance break, like everybody's yeah. stopping to dance. The movie yells at him, and they move on with the yeah. chase. I'm like, random dance break? What is happening? <laughs> Welcome to romps. All right. I was introduced to the first romp. Yes. Good to know. Okay. Um, I honestly think that's all that we really have. As far as I have, I should say. Yep. I think that's all my notes, too. So, I know you haven't seen the previous episodes. We're not really ranking the Villains Master Plan, but more so we like to discuss... Do you think that Wendell McWendell has a good enough or had a good enough plan to come back for revenge? Or do you think... Oh darn! It didn't work, and I'm um, I give up. Now I personally know if because I've seen all of them. I personally know who does and doesn't come back for revenge. But do you think Wendell like could come back for revenge? No. Yeah. I think it was kind of a on a whim. Yeah. I need some money. How could I do this? True. And like right place, right time. He yes. saw Scooby buy it and went, oh, yes, I'm going to do this. Yep. But it didn't work. He still has his copy. His cop- well, I, I mean, mean, and people still wanted it. Yeah. Even though there are three copies out there, mm-hmm. he could say, yeah, I'll sell to you and make a boatload, yep. boatload of money. So I think that it didn't like foil his life's work kind yeah. of thing that and if he did want to drive up prices he could come up yeah. with a new plan oh yeah and the kids didn't really meddle too much in no. his affairs so i'd give him kind of a low ranking okay. if we were ranking it <laughs> so i mean spoiler alert he he doesn't come back for revenge at least yet that i need to say that like you know as we're doing this obviously new scooby content new episodes new movies are going to be releasing and so they might eventually as we're doing this but as of recording this we have not seen Wendell come back so okay so now we're going to at least I will we're going to talk about the timeline because that is the whole point of our podcast we're trying to make one cohesive timeline for Scooby-Doo as far as what I've kind of wanted to see, this episode didn't give it to me. Like, I want to build family trees for the gang. Yeah. And we saw nothing of their really family. Good, yeah. um, again, we do know that Shaggy's dad is a police officer, and he has a mom, and he has a baby sister. We know nothing else of the gang yet. So that's... A little, it's disappointing, but I know we will learn it as we go. Um, Overall, we're just, we're seeing them grow up really right now. We're seeing them as kids go on these adventures. This one did take place, you know, in a convention. And so they 
we didn't really get to see more of the town. We did get to see the stadium, but we didn't really get to build on any history of Coolsville or anything. We really didn't get any sort of backstory to anything in this episode. It was very much, they're here at this time in this place, and that's what you're getting. So that's, it's hard to build anything with this episode to the timeline besides they went to their first comic convention. Yeah. So that's... And we didn't even learn if this convention is in Coolsville. Because, you know, it could be... Well, no. At Shaggy's monologue at the very beginning... Oh, said it is It's town. Well, it's okay. the biggest event of the year because it's the first We're one in Coolsville. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, but we don't know if it was well so that they'll continue doing it like if they had enough attendees or whatever but it was in Coolsville because it was the biggest event of the year so um now for what I'd like to see in the timeline I'm gonna still go with I want to see more of the gang's family to be able to build a family tree I'm trying to think if we do actually see the rest of the gang's family later episodes. I know for a fact that we meet more of Scooby's family. We meet his mom and dad mm -hmm. and either a few cousins or like a few siblings. Um, but obviously that didn't happen in this episode. Is there anything you'd want to see? I know you had said something earlier that you want to see in the future. I don't remember either. I can't remember. But I was just thinking that do we know what actual grade they are in school? No. So, we don't even have a specific age still. See, that's what I would mm -hmm. like to to know is like, where are they in school yep. and what are their like actual ages yep. and what are they, you know, because I'm like, mm, I can see, you know, child development wise yeah, because, yeah. you know, I'm an expert on that in kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> My degree, thank you, child <laughs> development. But I can see where I would place them and yes. what grade I would put them in just by the knowledge that they they put out there that they know. So what do you think they would I be would in? put them probably like fourth, fifth grade. Okay. Right around What's there. What's that age? I'm that's like I'm old now. Uh, I don't even know. 10, 11, okay. right through there. So I so starting into the teenage years. But You're thinking more... Okay, that's interesting because <laughs> Mariah said more of around that age. I, I was assuming a little younger. But, I mean, coming from your perspective, that makes a lot more sense. Now... Or maybe that's why the parents aren't showing up is because they're starting... Yes. When you get to be like 10, 11, 12, you start exerting that i'm going to be independent yeah. you know that the parents might be there but you're never in the same mm -hmm. area like your parents might be over against that wall yeah but you're like i'm going to move way over yep. here so no one knows that i'm related <laughs> to that person i'm not going to refer to them i'm not going to yep. look at them but they could be right there following them around mm -hmm. we just never see them so just so you know shaggy's the oldest okay um in like their most how can i put that like how they're perceived as normally you know because they're perceived as teenagers most of the time and it's usually that um i believe shaggy's 16 and then and which is funny because in the live action 
film, the third live-action film, Scooby-Doo the Mystery Begins, which is another origin story, basically, how they meet and whatever, but they're teenagers at this point. There's a whole thing about driving, and they're like, oh, Shaggy's the only one with his license. So, you know, so he's, but Fred usually drives, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, so Shaggy is usually, like, 16, so but he's usually the oldest. And then Daphne and Fred are usually 15-ish. They're usually the same age. Velma's actually the youngest. She's usually 14. And then most of the time, obviously not in this series, Scooby's usually 7. Who knows what that is in dog years. Isn't it? Isn't it like a double thing? That's what I I don't know. So he could be like 13, 14, right through there. But yeah, so... I mean, as far as this series goes, at least from what I've seen, I do see parts of that, of, like, Shaggy is a little older. I mean, Shaggy's still Shaggy, but where Fred is in this series very out there thinking, very, oh, it could be this, it could be this, oh, it's this person, it's this person, it does make me feel like Fred's just a little younger, and so he hasn't quite got past this part of, like, aliens are real or something, you know? And then Velma, I mean, not only is she the shortest, but, you know, she's the shyest, she talks the least, and so she does seem like the youngest to me in this series, too. Because, you know, because she's just very to her own. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so there's a little fun fact for you, too. Nice. Okay. Um, I think that's it. All right. So. Well, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I have had a blast. We are going to get you on more because who knows how long I'm going to need guest hosts. Um, Yeah. So that was, we're calling these chapters. I didn't say that at the beginning because we are making a timeline. We're calling these chapters. So this was chapter four, the schnook who took my comic book. Well, I'm glad to be part (laughs) of chapter four. I'm so excited. So, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I hope that this timeline is being constructed in your guys' head as we're going. We're still very early in this, and so there's so much more to go. Um, Again, I appreciate you all for bearing with me, bearing with us as we're figuring this out. You know, we we were getting on a flow, and then poor Mariah got sick, and threw us off and so we're kind of juggling things right now trying to organize things and get this to still go um but i appreciate you guys bearing with us and if you're listening be sure to put good vibes out into the universe for mariah that she can get better please put those out there (laughs) her poor soul um i'm not i've said previously i'm not gonna be talking much about it because it's very personal of what's going on and how she's doing but that's why she's not with me she's i mean she's with me but she's not doing the podcast with me at this moment so you can listen just about anywhere where podcasts are found obviously you're listening to it in some way or form um but we're on apple podcasts we're on spotify i've made a youtube channel um putting the episodes on there as well it's just, you know, Scooby-Doo, Legend of the Podcast. Um, if you would like to get in contact with us, 
You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at SD Legend Podcast. That is the same for both. If you want to talk to us directly or give us some tips or even just let us know what you think of each episode, you can email us at sdlegendpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to follow me personally, I'm on Twitter at jazz820, on Instagram, smash underscore vlogs, and I, again, I've referred, I have a YouTube channel. Um, that's where I've done most of my Scooby content, and now I'm trying podcasting. Uh, but if you want to get to know me a little more personally, you can go subscribe to my channel, which if you just search Ashton Hardy, it's usually the first one that comes up, but it is Smash. It's uh, lowercase sm and then all uppercase ash. So you can go check out my videos, go subscribe. I highly recommend it. You should see them. Angie, Anissa, Mariah, everybody's been on it that has been on this podcast. And we might meet some new friends oh, yes. on your podcast. Oh, I have I have new people. You will see pictures of most of the guests who I'm going to be having on the podcast on our social media. But hopefully I can get them in a video too, even if it's just a hey what's up type thing. And that's gonna do it for this week's episode. Thank you all for joining. So for the next episode, it's we're going to for letter or worse is the episode title. Oh, the puns. There's so many puns. <laughs> so yes, we're going to be jumping into for letter or worse next episode. So again, thank you for listening. Thank you, Anissa or Madre or Mama O, whatever you want to call her, <laughs> for joining me for this episode. I have had some such gracious friends to jump in while Mariah is not feeling well so that we can continue this podcast. And I'm so excited to get so many people on, honestly. Obviously, I want Mariah here, but I'm so excited to get so many different people on here. That'd be awesome if she comes back, and then you could do you two oh, yes. and guest host. Oh, yes. That's, that's the hope. That would be excellent. That's the hope. <laughs> and we'll catch you in our next one. Peace out. Goodbye.